Welcome to Let It Be Easy with Susie Moore. Where do I start with talking to you about Martinez? <laughs> Martinez Evans is, oh my gosh, just such an incredible, inspirational human being. I initially was introduced to him when he joined my course, Five Minutes of Amos. We actually talk about that in the interview. We touch on it. And I was following his story because he wanted to get media coverage for the work that he was doing. His social media handle, his brand is called 300 Pounds and Running. And he is all about inclusivity. His new book is called The Slow AF Run Club. He is here to show us that you don't have to look a certain way, fit a certain mold, be a certain type of person, or implement any limitations in terms of what it is that you can can do in order to run. And as you hear Martinez and I discuss throughout this conversation, this is about so much more than running, right? He is a avid runner, marathon completer. Oh my gosh, what a guy. But what I really take from this conversation is that so much more is possible for us than we maybe even realize. Where are we holding ourselves back? Where are we thinking that's not for me or I couldn't do that? Martinez has run now over eight marathons since his, his doctor told him to lose weight or die in July 2012. And since then, he's coached hundreds of runners and founded the Slow AF Run Club, where I belong probably, <laughs> a community of over 10,000 people all over the world. His book, The Slow AF Run Club, is coming out in June, and it's the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run. And when Martinez isn't running races all over the world, he enjoys speaking passionately about issues related to size inclusivity, mindset, DEI, and mental health. I'm psyched to share this conversation with you today, my friend. It was a very moving one for me. So please enjoy Martinez Evans. Martinez Evans. Oh my. Welcome to the Let It Be Easy podcast. Susie, thank you for having me. I am so happy you're here. You're hard to book, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You're hard to book, but here we are. We made it. And I have to say, first of all, congratulations. Congratulations on your new book. Thank you. I've read it. I love it. It's so comprehensive, so practical. It's full of heart, yet full of advice, full of your own story. Congrats. How do you feel? Published author coming out June this year. Susie, I feel tired. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That's very honest. (laughs) I I am tired, Um, but it has been an amazing feat and an amazing journey to uh, write this thing and put my heart and soul uh, out to the world. I can imagine because as I read your book, first of all, of course, I hear your story. You know, why, why would, why you wrote this book, Mm -hmm. why you got started running in the first place and how. So it's full of just information about you, which is so moving. And I think that we can all see ourselves in other people's stories in different ways. And also it's so highly practical. I mean, there, this could be a like, a co- like an entire course guide, like commu- like a membership for three years, like what you tell people to do, how to begin from like cold scratch, what to eat, how to prepare the right gear. I mean, it's all there. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> well, how long did it take you to put this book to- together, Martina? Oh, man, Susie, the whole process took about two years from mm-hmm. pitching the book to mm-hmm. um, writing it and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I can see, I mean, I, I'm sure there are lots of rewrites, lots of edits, having gone through that process myself. I just, I see how much went into this and truly I'm just, I'm so happy for you. Hey, Susan, you don't know how much that means to me. Oh, well, Martinez, I would love to kick off by asking you about, I mean, I have so many questions here, but okay. I'd love to hear about your very first run because it wasn't, it wasn't a straight out of the gate success. It wasn't a, oh, let me just slip on my shoes and this is heaven and dreamy and I found my thing. No, my first run was hellacious. <laughs> so let's let's take it back a little bit further. So the reason why I even went on my first run. Yes. So back in 2012, I was working a commission sales job at Men's Warehouse. Yeah. Um, on my feet all day, eight to ten hours in hard bottom shoes. Mm-hmm. That then had me to have some heart, uh, some hip issues. I went to go see a doctor. This doctor. Instead of telling me what's going on with my hip, he had a whole other thing for me, Susie. Mm-hmm. It was like, Mr. Evans, I know why you're in pain. Why? Why am I in pain? It's because you're fat. What? So as I'm sitting in this doctor's office, thinking to myself, like, I'm going to kill him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to kill him. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's over. Um, I'd go on and say, you know what, doc? I'm going to run a marathon. And he's, you know, he's going off on me. You, know, you got a stomach as a pregnant woman, like all this other mm-hmm. stuff. You just need to lose weight. And I said, I'm going to run a marathon. And this guy laughs, has the biggest laughs that I've ever seen somebody laugh. Like somebody who's not laughing with you, but like laughing at you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I stormed out that doctor's office and I bought some running shoes. Mm-hmm. I went home and got on a treadmill. So while I'm on the treadmill, there's two people that's beside of me. There's a person beside of me going like 10 miles an hour on a treadmill. And then that's another person that's going like nine. Me haven't ran in a very long time since my collegiate football days. I'm sitting there and thinking to myself, sizing these guys up. I can at least go seven. So I put the treadmill on seven. As the belt sped through my legs, I, I I hesitated and I was like, you know what? Here goes nothing. And my life flashed before my eyes. I don't know, Susie, if I was if I was rejecting the treadmill or the treadmill was rejecting my body. But <laughs> next thing I knew, I was on the ground. Your boy had fell off the treadmill. Mm. So like, you gotta remember I'm 300 pound guy. So I make loud noise inside of the fitness center. So everybody's looking at me. So I hurry up. I gather myself, try to get everything out and make a beeline for the door. And right before I grabbed my cell phone, I looked at the time and it said 15 seconds. The mm-hmm. feeding. That was my first run. It's so interesting how that very rude doctor, and by the way, I loved how in your acknowledgments, you're like, I wish I could find you and send you this book. (laughs) (laughs) And I still think you're a dick. (laughs) But I just love how I can hear your voice in the book. Like I can hear, it's as if you're, you're with me. Like I can Mm -hmm. hear as you, as you share your stories. So that doctor, you're not going to him for advice about your overall body. You're asking for advice about a specific pain. And in the book too, I like how you, how you reference, there's just all this unsolicited feedback 
that right, people think right. that they can give us, right? You're not, exactly. not asking. And, and so what was it actually in your mind that made you buy a pair of running shoes? I mean, I feel like if someone gave me some unsolicited feedback, I might like go to a bar and just like drink, or I might, um, I don't know, just do, I wouldn't necessarily think I'm going to like counteract this with something really constructive, actually. Like what was the connection with running? So truthfully, it was like, I'm a very quick witted individual. Mm -hmm. And as he was like going off on me, he, he was like, you should be walking, like go buy walking shoes and walk around the track one time. And if that make you tired, you need to do it again over and over again. And I was like, walk, I can run a marathon if I want. So mm -hmm. it was just me being facetious mm -hmm. and being like, I'm going to run a marathon. And then he called it. He pretty much called me out. He laughed at me and was like, this is stupid. If you try to run a marathon, you will die. And for me, I'm like, oh, so you, so this is a challenge. Challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. I can do this. Having no idea what a marathon was, what it even entailed, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm game. Let me go do this today. Mm. This is like some hero stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, really? <laughs> and so you have this first run and it's completely defeating. I'm sure you're just thinking, oh, maybe in that moment where you're like, gosh, maybe the doctor's right. Or like, yeah. maybe this, is that how you felt? Absolutely. I really felt like the doctor is right. He, he know better than I do. Um, I am dumb. Like all these things that circled in my head, you know, especially being a person of size, like mm -hmm. when you have bad things or not necessarily bad thing, but like things that don't go your way happen. Your first choice is to go to what the voices has said to you. Mm -hmm. So all the voices are swimming around in your head. Like I'm, I'm, they're right. I'm wrong. So on and so forth. And I have this tattoo on my right wrist. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it says no struggle, no progress. So it's from the famous speech from Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm. And I got this tattoo when I was very young. Mm -hmm. It's by far like one of my first tattoos I had. Mm -hmm. um, I probably got it illegally back then, but <laughs> 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 but when I heard the Frederick Douglass speech, um, I was like, oh, like, I remember being young and being like, you know what? I'm going to get this as a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And it always was like a grounding force for me mm -hmm. that um, for like whenever I am facing some type of adversity. Mm -hmm. So when I walk home, tears running down my eyes, I reached out to the doorknob with my right hand. And my sleeve rolled up just enough for me to see my tattoo that says no struggle, no progress. And it hit me. I know what I need to do. I cannot let this doctor beat me. I cannot let anybody who has said anything about me. I cannot let those words get me. So I need to get my butt back out there and prove all of them wrong. And that's what I did. And what, 10 years later now, right? Ten Here we are later. with your, with your random house, Merck, with your, <laughs> with your running community, with you showing us what's possible when we are willing to be uncomfortable, when we're willing to struggle. Exactly. Like, you exactly. know, you know, when we're willing, I mean, 
I took some of my favorite quotes from the book here and wrote them down. Um, I'd love to, you to talk about this one, Martinez. Um, don't get on the bus. <laughs> As I was reading that, I was like, wow, that bus, that, that mini bus driver is really aggressive. Like, <laughs> let the man run. Exactly. <laughs> Could you tell us about that? Don't get on the bus. Why should we not get on the oh proverbial bus? <laughs> so you should not get on the bus because there's always going to be people there telling you to get on the bus. So mm-hmm. a little context about this story. Mm-hmm. This is my first marathon. Mm-hmm. I am mile 19 into my first marathon. I'm like losing it. I'm excited. So many emotions are going through my head at once. Mm-hmm. And as I'm starting to run, this bus that every race has, right? Like every race has like this sag wagon. We call it sag wagon, right? It, it stands for supporting gear. But like every race has like this little bus that like picks up stragglers or help injure people and things of that sort. So I get the mile 19. I'm going strong, but I'm having this internal battle in my body and in my head. My mind is like, Martinez, stop. My heart is like, no, keep going. And then this bus, <laughs> this bus comes alongside of me. And this guy with this raspy voice is like, hey, big man, do you want to ride to the finish line? And at first I'm like, no, like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. And then mile after mile, hey, big man, you want to ride? Hey, big man, you want to ride? And like now my 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 mind is really playing tricks on me, Susie. Mm. My mind is like, Martinez, you are in pain. Do you want the pain to go away? If you want the pain to go away, all you got to do is get on this bus. But my heart is like, no, please don't get on that bus because you came here to do something. You came here to run this marathon. And if you get on this bus, the race is over for you. So I have those two internal things going on in my head. And then you have this bus, this bus that's like, hey, big man, let's go. Get in here. I'll take you to the finish line. And then all of this comes to head about a mile to a mile and a half away from the finish line where I, I blow up on the guy. And I'm like. Why would you even ask me to get on the bus when I'm so close to You're so the close. Line? Like, like I was so close. Yeah. Like why would you even offer me this thing? And I think it's just a, a, a allegory for like just life mm-hmm. where you are so close to your goal mm-hmm. and you know you are so close to your goal, the enemy will try its best to stop you. Mm-hmm. And that's what don't get off the bus me or don't get on the bus me. As I read the book, I think to myself, this is a book about running with so much incredible advice and it's a, a life coaching book. Yeah. Right there. This is motivational speaker Martinez on stage. <laughs> like put, put running in, insert your, your challenge, <laughs> right? Like this could be online dating. Don't give up, right? This could be start your business. Don't give up. This mm-hmm. could be explore this part of yourself that feels scary, but you want to expand into it. Like, like getting on the, and like you said, like so close, there's always like the invitation, right? There's the temptation. How do you, because you also say in the book that the mind gives up before the body gives up. Mm -hmm. 
Like it's almost as if when you push your body, your body can respond. And you also speak about being responsible with that too, because you had a couple of scary situations yourself running. But could you say more about that? Because I feel like I always want to give up. Like even, <laughs> I'm like, when I even start to sweat in Pilates, I'm like, oh, I just, can we just, just get, I'll go get a water. Like, <laughs> could you say more about that? Because I feel like it's, it's like the two selves. Like you said, the yeah. go, go, the heart and the head. It's, yeah. Could you just speak to that for a moment? Because I think we all experience it. Susie, we all have this, as I like to call it, like this little fireplace in ourselves, right? And it's like this little flickering flame. And like we can do something as and the flame goes out, or we can like fan this flame and make it like this huge fireball. And for me, it's all about trying to flan that flame, making sure that I'm doing the things that's possible um, to make sure that I'm doing the things that's bringing me in the same way to flan that flame. Are you going east? This is a phrase that I like to ask myself and ask my coaching people, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going east? This is your values. This is your compass. We're all on a journey to in life, going in a direction that has no final destination. And the only thing we know is that are we going in the right direction that we want to go? Or are we going in the opposite direction or we want to go? So something that always guides me is that phrase of, are you going east? I want to go east. My goals are east. The things that I believe in is east. Now, if I'm going west, south, north, I'm not going in the right direction. So like that's a grounding tool and technique for myself to help me stay grounded when stuff gets hard. And then, like, you know, there's other mindset tricks that I try, right? Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite one is to find an enemy. Like, my, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Yeah, you so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm all about finding an enemy and, like, getting that. Like, I, I'm a type of guy to, like, ruminate, to, like, get that feeling. Mm-hmm. To, like, all right, got it. Let me go. Um, I can, now I'm able to, like, rely on those past experiences where like I had these feelings and I experienced them and now I can kind of use those things to drive me now. Mm. So it's like you're this master now within yourself of knowing how to create the emotion that's required that will drive the behavior to make you go east. Exactly. To get the result. And that takes some training, right? But once you have it, once you know you can conjure up what you need to keep moving. And I love in the book too, you have a values-based exercise too, understanding what you val- your values are, your why, speaking to that. You also say, I love this, not everything you think is true or not everything you feel is real. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy actually- to go, I'm not a runner. I can't do it. I'm lazy. I have a story. <laughs> story Martinez, my story is that I can't run because I get a stitch. <laughs> Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I had a stitch like once four years ago. And so like, that's it for me. Susie. <laughs> I know. I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> and I see runners and I'm like, I'm always envious because I think it's such a great way to experience a new city. Mm-hmm. Right? It is. You know, and it's great to be outside. Like I'm not really outside that much. You know, and I just feel, I, I know that there are all these benefits, but I, I don't feel, after reading a book, I think maybe it could be for me. So Susie, let me tell you about this. So running 
I ran my way to London somehow. I met with some people that then led me to go to London. And when I before I went there, I asked social media, what should I try in London? Like I know bangers and mash and things that I sort, cod, fish and chips. And somebody was like, Oh, you need trickle pudding. Like go like a proper pub has trickle pudding. Trickle pudding, yeah. So Susie, I spent my whole trip running around London trying to find trickle pudding. And it was the by far the funniest experience of my life. Cause we were running pub to pub. Like, wow, hey, I know this is gonna be a weird question, but do you have stickle uh trickle pudding? And they were like, No. I'm like, ah, next bar. Hey. Do you have trickle pudding? And then eventually, I still haven't had trickle pudding, but a bar was like, we don't have trickle pudding, but we have sticky toffee pudding. And we would say that's probably the next closest thing to it. Wow. So the places it brings you, like the opportunities that you, the way it can just be a bridge. Yes. Like it it always feels too like you don't need transport, like you've got yourself, (laughs) like there is something there's just something soothing and there's some, and what I love too is you say this too, and you recite this lovely poem that I think that your mom, you learned from your mom, you say, I'll go, even if I have to go by myself. Mm-hmm. So, cause I know that you said that, you know, this has been, I mean, not a lonely journey, but you've done a lot of this on your own. And a lot of people who are getting started, especially who are slower, right. Who can't, who don't compete at any level. It's okay. Like it's, Going by it, again, this comes back to like your self reliance, like coming exactly. back to yeah. So, could you tell us a bit about that, like going by yourself? Because you are such an advocate for like you've got this, you belong here, like, absolutely. You know? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know, there is this gospel song, um, by the Canton Spirituals called Send Me, I'll Go. So after listening to this podcast, go listen to the song. Yes. Susie, I'm going to sing a little bit for you. Oh, please. (laughs) The song goes, I'll go if I have to go by myself. I'll go if I have to go by myself. And it says, if my mother don't go. My father don't go, my sister don't go, nor my brother don't go. I'll go if I have to go by myself. And I think this is a great allegory about like life and doing things and living in your own purpose that sometimes you have to go by yourself. Like this journey sometimes is scary, it's mucky, you don't know what you're doing. But guess what? The more you do it and the more rely on yourself, the more gritty you become, the more that you're able to do harder things. So it's okay if you have to go by yourself. You know, we have a lot of people, maybe the person you listen to today, like you like, yo, I'll do it, but I need somebody to go with me. Mm-hmm. But like, there may not be nobody to go with you. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go on this journey. So I think that's the thing, right? And that also goes into my next notion of um, 
delusional self-belief. Yes. Practice delusional self-belief. <laughs> Go to right down here. <laughs> yes, please. So I think that those two kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. because by you going by yourself, you're going to have a lot of doubt. You're going to have a lot of naysayers. You're going to have a lot of people that's going to question you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I start to feel like that I was delusional in my own dreams. I remember having a question, like having a conversation with my wife and be like, am I delusional? Like, am I the only person that sees like what I see for myself? Mm-hmm. So it's the point of like, you have to be, you have to be so enthralled and so witted with your own goals and dreams that for other people, it looks as if you are delusional. And in the book, I give great examples, right? Like the telephone, the cell phone, flying. Imagine being back in the day and somebody being like, yo, you know what? I'm tired of sending these telegrams. I wish I can just like talk to them right now. Mm. (laughs) Or like, you know, I'm tired of traveling by horse. I wish I could like fly there. Like, like I see these birds. They say birds go go south for the winter. Like, I want to fly there. And imagine the person that was sitting next to them being like, man, if you don't get back on this horse and come with me. <laughs> what are you thinking? You know, <laughs> exactly. the, world was, the world was created by unreasonable, <laughs> unreasonable people. Exactly. Right. The, the things that we enjoy the most, all the, all of the incredible invention, like this being real. I always say that be realistic is the worst advice I've ever heard in my life. Exactly. And I hate it. I hate it. Be realistic said, what does that even mean? Based speak to 10 different people from different parts of the world and talk about realistic, nothing <laughs> matches. Like, you know, so when I, when I saw practice delusional self-belief, I was like, oh yes. I'm home. <laughs> I'm home with this book. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wh- one thing that I love that you say too is when you say there are going to be people who judge, especially if you don't look like a traditional runner, mm-hmm. right? So someone who's like super thin, you say white in all the right gear, um, just like uh, running a lot, like like they're just flowing through the air, like these super experienced. And he said, you know, running is, I didn't even realize that like running is like kind of elitist or it's like the gold standard of fitness. Right. You know, uh, you say this, you belong here. No matter what happens, good or bad, I want you to know that running is for everyone. The outdoors are for all of us, people of every size, color, and age. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, because that wasn't always your experience when you, I was angry on your behalf as I read about that running club in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You yeah. went there and they said, oh, this is for anybody, all paces, all levels of experience. And they left you. They left me high and, and dry. Uh, 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 and as I read this and I see the, the work that you've created with this book, I'm like, we really need it because that's what we all feel like being left, being scared, like where the, you know, where the heck am I? How do you, how do you feel about that experience now with every, like how far you've come, the marathons, this book, oh my gosh, on the cover of Runner's World. I mean, I use you, Martinez, as an example all the time of someone who's brave enough to share their story, to inspire others. Like, look what can happen. Like, look what you've created. I mean, when you remember that experience now, how do you feel? Oh man. Um, I feel grateful. I feel grateful that I stuck it through. Uh, And here's why. The world 
profits off of people feeling as if they cannot do the thing that they want. So diet entry industry or like any type of industry, right? It's like, oh, you want this? Well, you're not good enough to get this. But if you buy XYZ product or if you look XYZ way, you can get there. And then you do that and then you feel empty inside and you still never got to the feeling that you wanted. So like I'm grateful and honored that I'm able to practice and live in my truth. Mm -hmm. And for some people that pisses them off and for other Mm -hmm. people, like they celebrate that. But when it's all said and done, like I'm doing my best to live in my truth. And it, that, that feels amazing. Mm. Isn't it interesting that when it comes to doing something that scares us, right? So like say it's going for a run, we've never done it Mm. and we don't look like a traditional runner and we're scared that we'll embarrass ourselves or stop after three seconds or isn't it interesting that it's not even necessarily the fear of stopping or the fear of, you know, maybe getting a stitch or whatever happens. It's not that that's that, that stops us. It's the fear of judgment. Exactly. And then you say, and I quote, fuck them. Fuck them. (laughs) Can you just speak to that for a second? Because I was like, and I just love how you put it in just such candid language. It's not come back to this, your center. You're like, this is what I say. Fuck them. Susie, I don't know how many people in this world. Let's just say, you know, 100 million people in this world. There's 100 people million in this world. I don't know. Right. But the thing is that there's so many opinions. There's so many thoughts. Everybody is not for everybody, and that's mm-hmm. cool. And if they are going to criticize you about what you're doing, fuck them. Like, mm-hmm. simply put, right? Like, th- that's it. Like, fuck them. Yeah. Because there's just there's, there's so many other people out there. There's people out here for you. Mm-hmm. There's your community here. You just haven't found it yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. I built a community of over 10,000 members of slow runners, Like we are all slow and we celebrate and we take pictures and we have fun and we cheer each other on and we're all slow. Mm. And for some people, it's like, don't y'all want to get faster? Or like the question I like to have, well, well, if you run long enough, wouldn't you lose weight? And it's like, that's not the point though. The point is this journey of life of the running and enjoying what you are doing. And it's like, that don't make any sense. Like, Why are you training to get better? It's like, well, do you not see that training to get better is what's wearing everybody down? This whole toxic hustle culture is wearing you down. This whole, I need to get to where I need to be. And if not, I'm a failure is wearing you down. I think for me, it just unlocked that the journey and all of this, like that's the fun part. Like I've ran races, right? Like my first marathon, I got depressed. I got sad, Susie. Like I almost thought I was done running because I had spent so much time and effort focusing on like this one thing. Like I did it. Like you got to go, you got to do it. You got to put all your heart into it. I did it. I crossed the finish line. I went home. I ate something to eat, went something, get something to eat. And then I cried. I cried because it was over. It's like, well, why would I want to put myself throughout this whole, throughout all of this again? And I think for myself and for everybody else, like that's where finding 
and understanding that this is a journey and it's about the ever going of it and the ever evolving of it versus being like, oh, I need to just get to this one thing. Because once you get to that one thing as humans, we're never going to be satisfied. Like We're never going to be satisfied. And for me, I wept. Like I cried like a baby in the bathtub with my medal on. And it's like, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Because you hit the goal and I then it was the like, now what? That, and it was it, like, now what? I had nothing else to look forward to. Mm. Nothing. Complete emptiness. Mm. It's interesting because you hear this a lot, right? It's like someone wins an Oscar and then they're like, or, they, or someone like their wedding's over and they're like, I'm depressed. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, so you ran your marathon, but you've just kept going and going, yeah. right? It's like a new chat. And okay. I want to um, speak to what you said just a moment ago, which I think is really lacking in this world, frankly. It's like the joy of the thing, mm-hmm. right? So you have this group, this big community of runners who are slow and they're not like, okay, goal this week, improve by X minutes or this, right. blah, 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 like all the statistics. You're celebrating where you are and can, and just being there and doing the things. Yes. No one does that, by the way. <laughs> Right. It's like, even I think to myself sometimes, if I'm not reading business books, if I'm reading fiction books, that's not like I should really be back on my like success books or my, you know, my self help books. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to read all day because that just gives me pleasure to read some classics, to read some old literature, whatever. And what you're saying is like something that I think people don't give themselves permission to do. Susie, the celebration is in the application. Mm, oh, celebrations and application. And like, so I've had many of lives, right? Like mm-hmm. I was this close to like starting a PhD and getting all that stuff. Right. And one of the things as I was like going through this whole process was like, we had to write grants and my advisor would be like, all right, we wrote the grant. We apply, like, let, let's just celebrate, like, no matter what happens, because mm-hmm. you're writing these, like, scientific grants and you're writing to, like, these larger organizations, like, there's, like, a 1% chance that you're going to get it. And my advisor taught me, like, we're going to celebrate now. Like, we applied, and her thing was the celebration is in the application. Like, you did it. You went through the process. And, like, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that you apply and you can use apply for everything. So let's celebrate you applied your life. Let's celebrate that you, you know, you went through this journey. Let's celebrate that you even started because most people have all these great ideas, but they do nothing with it. So you need to celebrate that you actually did that thing. Like that's where the celebration comes, not in the outcome. I love this. I mean, I said to a friend recently who was scared to ask for a raise, frankly, she was scared to ask for more money. I was like, you know what? I coach her through it, like how to set it up, like how to prepare. And I was like, I don't care what the outcome is. High five. Like you did that scary thing that most people never do. And women are known to be underpaid, right? It's such a, and I was like, I don't care what the outcome is. You did the thing. Like you, and so like there's some back and forth, they're negotiating, but I was like, I, it's irrelevant. Like what ha- you, and so the set, the celebration is in the application or is the application? The celebration is in the application. So every, so when you get together with your community, the fact that they're just running, the fact that they're yes. showing up, whatever that looks like, it looks different for everybody. It's high fives, high fives. High fives to everybody. The fact that you applied yourself, like you thought about it. 
and then you took the next step to apply yourself, that's what we're celebrating. What's your mission for this book? Like when you think about this going out into the world very soon, like mm-hmm. being in the hands of people who are like, oh, what is this? Like, could this open up something for me? Or who is this guy? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's he going to tell me about writing? What is your, like, your dream, your intention as it goes out yonder? So for running, I got a bunch of intentions, right? But like for running in general, my goal is to inspire 1 million people to start running in the body they have right now. Mm. So I want people to look at this book, pick it up and feel inspired to take the first step. Mm. So like, that's the overall goal for this. I think for myself, it's like Martinez Evans, who is this individual. Like I want to move more into like, general motivation and letting mm-hmm. people know that I have a larger story to tell, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bigger and I have a message bigger than this, like this running persona. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up on the East side of Detroit. Mm-hmm. I grew up next to a crack house, right? Before mm-hmm. the age of 10, I had two brothers pass on me, like who mm-hmm. two brothers who died, right? Like I flunked out of college my sophomore year, right? I've lost a football scholarship. So I went through a lot of adversities that I just haven't been able to tell and share these stories to let people know like how I became the man who I am. Mm. And I think this this running is just the 1% of what mm. the world has been able to see. That's what I think as I as I read your work and I've been observing your journey. You and I got connected I can't even remember when, five years ago, maybe even longer. Susie, I was in one of your classes. I was in Five Minutes to Famous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember being on calls with you. I always use you as an example. Like, look what happens when you share your story. Look what happens yeah. when you're willing to show up and be generous. To I talk still about use your- that list. Shout out yes. to you, Susie. I still use that, that contact list that's in five minutes to famous. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you're I hope you're getting a lot of media for this book. And that's another thought that I'm having too. I'm like, yeah. Martina, it's like this needs to be everywhere. I mean, we're in the we're in the stretch now, right? right leading up to your launch, which is so exciting. Although a book you promote forever. Right. Yes. Like a, a book you have forever. But I I thought to myself, Martinez is just getting started. Like you, that's you what I feel. Not- here to last for me. This is just. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I've observed you on the cover of Runner's World, working with Adidas. I say Adidas. That's the English mm. way we say it. <laughs> Not Adidas. Adidas. I see you in the Huffington Post. I see you talking about your story, talking about you know your handle, three hundred pounds and running. The people who are connecting with you, inspired with you. I'm like, wow. Yes, it's running, and it's it's more than running. Yeah. Like running Susie. is. Yeah. I pose naked in men's health. Like <laughs> I know. I would, I would have never thought that 10 years ago when a doctor <sighs> called me fat and like told me I, I was gonna die, that I'll be like naked in like men's health and be happy about it. I, like, I remember when I got the call and it was like, hey Martinez, we're doing this thing. Like we would love to have you a part of it, but there's this one catch. And I was like, what is it? And it was like, it's a nude shoot. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Were you immediately like, let's go? <laughs> yes. <gasps> wow. That is so cool. Because I can imagine 99.9% of people would be like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And you're like, yes. Is yes. this, is this, do you think that like your, 
running, how you've maintained this discipline, how even when it's uncomfortable, you still go. Mm. And you push yourself, push yourself, expand, expand. Has that just parlayed into so many things? Has it boosted other areas? Running is an allegory for life. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. the the term life is a marathon is a term because a marathon is just not generally easy, right? Mm -hmm. You know about the 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 tale of a marathon. The guy who ran the first marathon, who was like the deliverer of the news to say like the battle of the marathon was done. He died after running to the place and like telling the news. So just that in itself, is just a super hard thing that most people can't even fathom doing, right? Less than 1% of the population has ran one marathon. I've mm. ran eight of them, right? So, you know, those doing hard things, as I like to say, gives you clout to do even more harder things. And it's just about momentum. It's really about momentum. Like Susie, I remember when I couldn't run for five minutes straight, let alone a mile. Like I was so happy and telling my parents and my my girlfriend and my wife now, like I can run five minutes straight and being the happiest thing that I've ever accomplished. And now being like, and, and now moving from like, oh, I can do this to, oh, I've ran eight marathons. And understanding that I've done this hard thing, that I can always compare even harder things to the previous experience, right? So I'm always like comparing those experiences like, oh, you think this is hard? Like, oh, no, this ain't hard. Like, what you did last year, Martina's like, that was harder than this. You gonna let this get you? You did this thing way harder, right? So like the same thing. So Susie, like this hoodie you see in these t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. I made those, right? Like mm-hmm. I went through the process I to yeah. find a manufacturer, understand how to make a tech pack, understand what I need to get to them, figure out shipping from China, not get ripped off. And be like, oh, and I remember going through this process like, oh, like you think like losing a couple hundred dollars in China is it, hard. Like Martinez, you wrote like a thesis, like you wrote a master thesis, like you applied to be a, in, uh, to go to a PhD program, like you ran eight marathons. Mm-hmm. Like, so what if you lost five hundred dollars in China? Like, mm-hmm. you did that. You thought that was hard. So it's always those things. And I think for your listeners is that we've been through even harder things in the past that we're going through now, and we can always compare those things and say, like, oh, you thought this was hard? Try that. You did that, though. But you did that. So if you can do that, I know you can do this. I agree. And we're so quick to forget the wins that we've had, right? I mean, I always think, oh, my gosh, even any woman who's ever given birth, like, whoa, like you've done something really, really hard, right? Or someone who's published a book, right? Someone who's even forgiven somebody. Like maybe you've had like a – a lot of people have had like very difficult, abusive parents, right? Or Mm -hmm. they've had – unforgivable or unthinkable experiences. And when we think about like where we've come, what we've done, like you think about, gosh, running eight marathons, there must be in the moment of recalling that and recalling, you know, that, that voice, stop, give up. Who are you to do it? You know, that you're going to look silly. People will laugh and you proceed. 
huh, you kind of come back to the truth a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Right? Of who you are. Do you think that when you complete a marathon, that it's about the marathon or about you? Um, it's about the experience. It's about the mm-hmm. marathon. It's not about me like starting and running a distance. Like I think it's I think I'm a little bit beyond that. Mm-hmm. It's more about like as I'm running a race, I'm always looking to like who I can talk to. Like who can I pass on jewels to or like who can I help experience around the way? Because like I know I'm gonna forget to the finish line. I've already did that. But I know there's people around me, like this is their first time or like they're struggling through something. Mm-hmm. And it's for me, or I've taken it on the responsibility to like be like, hey, you need some help? Or do you need to call? Mm-hmm. Prime example. Um I was running a marathon, mm-hmm. I was running actually the Detroit Marathon. Um, and I was about halfway through, maybe about mile 18. So they have the the marathon, the way it's set up is that um, the half marathoners run with you, but they run like the second half of the race. Mm -hmm. So I'm at mile 18 and I see this young lady. She's sitting on the curb with her shoes off. As a runner, that is a bad sign. Mm -hmm. Because like you're on the curb. All right, that's one thing. But you're on the curb with your shoes off. Like, did you twist your ankle? Did you Mm -hmm. like sprain something? Is it swollen? So I remember just going over there, like she was sitting down with her like headphones on, her shoes are off. And I remember like tapping on her shoulder, like, hey, like, are you all right? And like the look on her face, like, oh my God, you're Martinez Evans. <laughs> give me a hug. Give me. And I'm like, like, I'll give you a hug. Like, calm down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you okay? And she was like, man, I bought these shoes at the expo. This is my first time wearing these shoes. I was calling my sister trying to figure out if she's going to come bring me some new shoes. So like, and I said, are you okay though? She's like, I'm good. I'm even better now. I I thought I wasn't going to finish this race, but now I'm finishing it. And I told her like, I'll be waiting for you at the finish line. So I finished the race, Susie, and I get my medal. I remember remember talking to my wife, like, Hey, like there was this lady at the sitting on the ground. And I just wondered, like, I wonder if she's finished. And as soon as I said that, here she comes running down the street with no shoes on. Oh, my. She ran the rest of the race with no shoes on. And I asked the person at the finish line, like, hey, can I give her her medal? Like, I met her. And it was like, yeah. So she crossed the finish line. And then, you know, she's crying, hugging family members. And I tapped her on the shoulder. And I was like, you did it. Like, here's your medal. And that experience is like that feeling, that emotion that I can give to somebody else, that hope that I gave her, and then that she finished. And for me to be there and be like, you did it. Congratulations. And to be able to hand her her medal, that's way better experience than me running 10 more marathons. Mm. Oh, my God. And without shoes. Without like the, shoes. The energy. So she saw you, something clicked. Like, okay. It's like, we, I, one thing that I love about courage and kindness and generosity, which I just, that's what I take from your book, is you don't even realize, of course, there are all the practical steps and so forth. And you speak about new shoes in the book mm-hmm. too. Never run with new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, they need to be really comfortable from the get go. Uh, but it, it's so, uh, 
it's so much bigger, right? That you don't even realize. Like, of course, people will say, you got me running and thank you so much. And But you don't even realize who you're in, encouraging just by being yourself and by sharing exactly. yourself with others. In fact, I would love to read um, a passage of, of your book that comes towards the end, which I just, I love so much. Okay. You say, as you continue your running, uh, finally, as you continue your running journey, you're going to encounter other people in the same shoes that you and I were in. It's now your duty to help those people. Be the person I needed, the person you needed, the person they need. You don't have to know everything about running to help. Something like a smile, a wave, or a nod out on the road can be the only thing that stands between someone giving up, giving up running for good, and staying the course. Tina, oh my! Where do we go to get this book? Where do we find it? Go to find out more about you. Like, tell, give us all the things because we want more. And truly, anyone curious about running? I didn't think that I was, <laughs> and because uh, of my stitch problem. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm thinking it could be something I could try. And you say, just again. All the advice is in the book, my friends. Okay, like friends, we need this book out in June. Available everywhere books are sold. I'm assuming. Books are sold. But but Martinez, tell us where to go to follow you to find out everything about you, and then also any just parting words from you if you have any. Absolutely. So you can find me on the internets at 300 pounds and running. That's 300, 300, spell out pounds and running. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, 300poundsandrunning.com. You can find out more about the Slow Yuff Run Club at slowyuffrunclub.com. We have an app on iOS and Android, which is the the Slow Runners Facebook. So you can search for Slow Yuff Run Club in iOS and Android. You can find us there. And I think the, the last piece that I want to give your listeners mm-hmm. is that in life, regardless if it's running or whatever you're trying to do, you can do it. And it may look different from what you see or what you've had in your mind, but please be flexible because you never know what's on the other side by just being flexible and applying yourself. Celebration is in the application. (sighs) Martina Evans, I hope you'll come back. I could talk to you forever. (laughs) Truly, we're, we're scratching the surface in terms of this conversation, in terms of what's coming for you. Like, woof, this is just the foundational piece of, uh, I, I'm thrilled and honored to continue to watch you and to just see you just flourish and serve others. And Martinez, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Susie. Until next time, my friends, get the book, Slow Air Front Club, follow Martinez. He's the man. There is so much to follow, so much incredible information, groups to join. And until next time, my friends, love and Take care. Hey friend, I've got something really cool for you. I want to give you free access to my signature course called Slay Your Year, which typically sells for $997. You can check it out, all the details at slayyouryear.com. All you have to do to get access is leave me a review, leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, take a snapshot of it and send it to info at suzy-more.com. That's info at suzy-more.com and we'll get you set up with access.